Hello, friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philobom. Time to start living, time to take a little from this world we're given. Time to take time, cause spring will turn to fall in just no time at all. Hello friends, and welcome to year three of There's No People Like Show People. I am absolutely blown away by your continued support. Thank you so much for following us on Instagram, giving the podcast a five-star rating, or just leaving a quick little written review. If you get the chance today, stop on by our official podcast merchandise store at www.there'snopeoplelikeshowpeople.itemorder.com. Each purchase really helps us out. And we have some very exciting news. Look for our brand new podcast called Transformation, the Untold Stories of Motherhood, debuting November 1st. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the global theater community. Remember, friends, the art of honest storytelling connects us all. And no matter what you may be going through right now, you are not alone. Hello there, friends. Today, I am taking you on a journey. (laughs) And um, that would be my college journey, my years at university where I made, where I got my BFA in musical theater. So we are bringing you on back to 2005. Long time ago, I'm like pinching the crow's feet at my eyeballs right now. And let me just tell you, friends, so I'm pretty sure, um, (laughs) just to give you some context here, this was back when uh, Facebook had just recently been invented, and I remember creating my first Facebook profile the summer before I went to college, and it was very basic. I think you had, like, one picture, and you could write on people's walls, and that was about it, and it was only for colleges and universities. It was not open up to everyone at the time. I had a Verizon flip phone and I thought I was really cool because now rather than just making phone calls on my previous track phone, which you had to pay for minutes, now I could actually send text messages to people. (laughs) So long time ago, uh, my headshot was in black and white because it was kind of like you could kind of have either a black and white headshot or a color headshot at the time. So, yes, we are bringing you on back. But you know what? I feel like before we kind of dive right in into the Sarah Philobom college journey, I actually I want to go back to high school. So when I was in high school <laughs> and trying to figure out, OK, what does my future hold? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go to school? What do I want to major in? I It was very clear to me. Like, I was very definite. I remember telling my mom one day, I think I was like maybe a freshman or sophomore in high school. I said, Mom, I am going to college for musical theater 
or I am not going to college at all. That like that it was pretty much like it was very definite for me. And sure, could I have gone to college and majored in, in other things? Absolutely, but I didn't want to. Like that's what I really, really, really wanted to do. So we were, you know, we went on the whole college tour. Like, do we want to go somewhere close to home? Do we want to go somewhere far away? But the one thing that I really, really wanted was I wanted to get my Bachelor of Fine Arts in musical theater, specifically. Nothing else. My family tried to convince me to get an education degree, um, which, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I just, it is, it is musical theater or bust over here. So we went to a couple schools in New York, a couple schools, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Chicago, you know, visiting, asking questions, financial aid, coursework, all kinds of stuff. What are the performing opportunities like? Um, and this was pretty much all of my sophomore and junior year that we did this. And then there's the whole preparation of what am I going to sing and what am I going to wear and what monologue and dance calls and all of that. But I had narrowed it down to five schools. So I think I can't remember how many schools we ended up visiting, but some of them just didn't feel right. You know, you just kind of get a vibe and you're like, I don't know if this is the place for me. Which, by the way, I will say this right off the bat, it does not matter where you go to college. And sometimes it doesn't even matter if you choose not to go to college at all. It doesn't matter. It really matters like what you make of it. And what, yeah, it's it's all about your, like, the opportunities that you take or that you create. It does not matter where you go to school. It does not matter what degree you get. It matters what you make of that experience for you. So I narrowed it down to my five schools. I ended up applying to um, Columbia College in Chicago. Loved their program. Actually, that was one of my top schools. I applied to... University of the Arts in Philadelphia. I applied to Marymount Manhattan, which was in New York. I applied to Shenandoah University in Virginia. And then kind of like as a fallback, I my my parents suggested that I apply to at least one in-state school so that I would get in-state tuition so that it would be much more affordable. Makes a lot of sense. So I applied to Towson University, which is in Baltimore, Maryland. Towson was always kind of the fallback school because they didn't have, at the time, they didn't have the major that I wanted. Like, I think they had a BA or a BFA like in theater or acting or music or education, but they didn't have like a BFA in musical theater. And so that was sort of like, well, I was like, well, if I don't get in anywhere else, I'll go there for a little bit and then I can always transfer later. So <clears throat> um, I think I the first audition that I ended up going to was at Shenandoah, went really well. This would have been the fall of 2004. And then the Columbia College did not require an audition at the time. Towson did not require an audition. They just required like an essay and um, academics and stuff like that, an interview, I think. And I ended up not, I, I kind of like half submitted my application to Marymount Manhattan because two really important things happened. So uh, this was Shenandoah. Actually, they, they called me, which I don't think that this happens anymore. But before I got my official acceptance letter, I got a voicemail 
like from somebody at the school that said, hey, we really loved your audition. We would love for you to, to come be a part of our program. And we are we're offering you a talent scholarship so that half of your tuition would be paid. So I thought, well, this is amazing. <laughs> this is, I got a personal phone call from Shenandoah Conservatory. So I was like, okay, that is, that is definitely a great option, especially financially. And it was the closest school to where I grew up that offered my major. So I thought that would be a really good advantage. I really liked that they had um, the Shenandoah Summer Music Theater where you could perform and do shows all summer long and get that experience. But honestly, like Shenandoah, I think was like my second or third choice initially. My number one top school was the University of the Arts in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, because I really wanted to go to school in a city. I loved like all of like the new works they were doing, the faculty. Um, However, I was not accepted into their program. I went, I auditioned, I interviewed. Um, I didn't get in. And as a 17-year-old, when I got my rejection letter in the mail, I am pretty sure that I cried for a week straight (laughs) because that's how I reacted to rejection back when I was 17. I remember being very devastated. I got into all the other schools. And you know, Marymount Manhattan, I ended up not going to the audition because I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Shenandoah because I really feel like this is the place where I can thrive the most at an as an artist. And they have so many opportunities. I also, I really did not like programs that had cut programs where if you go through like the first year or the first two years and then all of a sudden you're like, cut. You're cut from the program. You're not good enough. I'm like, "Mm, that's not it for me. Like, that's not a good. I don't really believe in that. I don't think that that's a good vibe or. So I was like, I don't want to go to a program where there's a cut. Um, I didn't I did not apply to any of the schools that that I knew were going to be too expensive. So like I didn't apply to NYU or and, and I wish you would have seen the brochure of the requirements to apply at the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, of CCM. It was so long and intimidating. Basically, the fine print was like, well, if you're not perfect, then we don't want you. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm not perfect, so I don't want you. I'm not applying for your school. They were like, if you are a female, do not sing this, 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 and this. Do not wear this. Do not do this. If you are a male, don't do this. Blah. I was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. So goodbye. And I'm like, this is not it for me. Whereas Shenandoah, I feel like was much more open and accepting of diversity especially when it came to body shapes and sizes and types and people, you know what I mean? Like they just really wanted you to thrive as an artist and they didn't really necessarily care about you being perfect or what you looked like. I'm like, this is much, this is where I feel like I can create the best work and I can grow and learn as an artist. And you know what, God, I am so glad that that is where I decided to get my undergraduate degree as some of the best teachers, um, some of the best experiences. So it's like really cool taking this little trip down memory lane. So I, yeah, so that summer I did a bunch of shows at home and I created my Facebook, (laughs) which, you know, LOL. And I was like, Facebook, this is dumb. Like, I don't get it. You know, now like I love social media. And I started in the fall of 2005. 
my best friend that entire year, um, his name was Brock, and we were like inseparable. We were like, t- people would call us twins. We did everything together. We did all the same classes together. He would always make me laugh. Um, you know, you're taking the, those classic freshman class, ballet one and um, introduction to piano and theory. And you're, do- you're doing those 50 hours in, in the scene shop and you're painting sets and hanging lights and taking dance and auditioning for everything. I also love that at Shenandoah, basically you were encouraged to audition for everything until you got cast in something. Just so many opportunities for the students. So there was the main stage musical. There was the, there was usually like an opera or a straight play. There were children's theater shows. There were directing projects. There were performance forums, like acting, voice, dance, like just like so many opportunities. And so, but I do remember we were doing Sweeney Todd that year and I auditioned I got called back went to, and this was like a common theme for my college journey I would audition for everything I would get a ton of callbacks and then I would not get cast in the main stage musical and at that time being young I thought well I guess I'm I'm just not good enough or maybe maybe like I this is not what I should be majoring in maybe I maybe I need to change my major maybe I need to transfer to a new school like just a lot of doubt and a lot of uncertainty and a lot of not believing in myself which is which is one of my biggest regrets so I remember feeling sad. Um, however, like I was in lots of directing projects and then spring semester, my freshman year, I thought, you know what? Okay, I got to like get myself out of this. Oh, I didn't get cast in this show, you know, whatever. So like, what am I going to do? Like what kind, what kinds of opportunities can I create that are artistically fulfilling for me and maybe can also be fulfilling for some of my other friends? So I was like, okay, I'm going to sing a song in the vocal performance forum. Great. Uh, you know what? I love choreographing tap dances. I'm going to start choreographing these ta- these like fun tap dances that I want to do and have auditions and see who wants to come learn like a really cool, like challenging tap dance. And so every year... I'm pretty, I think I did like one, maybe sometimes two for the dance performance forum. I would always choreograph a tap dance. I would always have auditions for it. We would always audition and we would always get in because I was the only person (laughs) who was choreographing tap dances (laughs) at that time. It was all like modern and ballet and some jazz. And then there's Sarah choreographing that tap dance again. But we would always get in and we would always perform. Um, And it was so much fun. And they were so good. I recently found some some old videos of them and I'm like, okay, like these are great. And they, yeah, so just creating your own opportunities. I I always had a million jobs. So I would have class during the week. I would have rehearsals for wh- whatever I was working on at night. Of course, I'd have homework. And then like, I'm trying to go through like how many um, part-time jobs I had when I was in college. So Let's see. I did work study. I worked for the Shenandoah newspaper. So I wrote articles every week, mostly about the theater community and like what the theater students were or like what shows I saw. So I worked for the newspaper. I got paid to do that. That was super cool. 
Um, I worked for catering. So like, I can't even remember the name of what it was, but I, I was a cater, cater waiter. I did catering. I did, I babysat. I was like a nanny and I babysat children. Later on, I worked for the Shenandoah Alumni Association and I would call like the phone. I would call people like I would call alumni and like ask them to donate money to the alumni fund. I did that one year. Oh, I was a resident assistant. <laughs> So I was an RA and I created a theater community. So at one at one of the dorms, I was like, let's like section off this half of the dorm and like just have uh, you know, people who are in the conservatory, like able to live. And we'll just call it like an arts community, like a theater community. And people did like that was the year, sophomore year that me and good old Michael Muffin Enright, who's has been on this podcast many times. We lived right across the hall from each other for a whole year and I was his RA and there were many times where I would come over crying in my pajamas to his bunk bed drinking my diet Snapple and be like oh I don't know if I'm good enough or I don't know if I should still be a musical theater major or boohoo my life is so hard you you know how it goes the, the struggles of a 19 year old so I did that I'm trying to, what else oh I taught dance classes um at like a local dance studio every Saturday morning I taught three tap classes like I had like I had eight million jobs but like I loved it and it was fun like I like being busy I like having a schedule um and also like I needed them you know like it's not like I just figured it out like I wanted to have my own money um and so that was nice to be able to to do that so after freshman year Um, My best friend, Brock, at the time, he turned 19 and he ended up going on his Mormon mission. And I was really sad because, like, my bestie left. And I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? That's the year. So sophomore year, that's when um, Benjamin J.C. Luzak and I got really close. Also a guest on this podcast. And we were best friends along with Michael Muffin and right. And we, like, really got each other through some tough, tough times. And we knew that we were going to be the ones like once we're at so freshman and sophomore year you I'm pretty sure it used to be like a requirement that you had to live in the dorms I don't know if that's the same anymore but like you know what we're going to get our own apartment we're going to move out of here so me and Ben got our own apartment we were not the party house types of people we wanted a nice apartment we wanted to go to the parties at like the college party houses and then when everyone was drunk and passed out or like we didn't want to clean throw up off of our floor. So then we went back to our nice apartment at Stuart Hill <laughs> together and fell asleep to like Patti Lapone singing a sad ballad in the background. Also, I feel like personality wise, I was very much split between being a grandma. Like I'd say like 80 percent of the time I was a grandma. Like I want to go home. I want to go to bed. I want to do my homework. I want to get an A. I want to work hard. I've I'm t- I've got these seven jobs I'm working. Like I'm too busy to like party and go to the bar and you know like whatever. But every once in a while, the 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 crazy side would come out. The wild streak would come out, and I'd be like, "Woo, party! Like let's go hang out. Let's dress up in costumes. Like let's dress up in togas and let's go to." apple blossom festival and drink all night long and you know like have fun but that was maybe for me only like 20 percent of the time 
Um, oh gosh, let's see. So June, oh gosh, uh, freshman year, sophomore year. Um, sophomore year, I, I remember being really, really depressed that year. Um, and I think it's just because I wasn't really cast in anything. Like I, I, I wasn't doing very many shows that year. And so again, just so much self-doubt. Ooh, my first year, we got to talk about the Shenandoah Summer Music Theater. So I auditioned my freshman year and I um, was offered a contract to be an intern. So the summer between freshman and sophomore year, I interned at good old Shenandoah Summer Music Theater, SSMT. So this would have been 2006. And what I consider to be my very first professional production was Cats. <laughs> and of course, at the time, I thought that I was too fat to be in Cats because I did not want to be in a unitard on stage. And also, that was definitely not the case at all. I was not too fat to be in Cats. Cats come in all shapes and sizes, my friends. And so there I, I had so much fun. Loved it. We did Cats that year. We did Footloose. We did, I was in, I was one of the ensemble dancers in 42nd Street. And then I was in the ensemble of Wizard of Oz. Uh, we had like no days off. So we were busy. As an intern, you were working all the all the time. So when the ensemble company would have like every Monday off, you were still painting sets or doing changeover or, you know, you were still, you were working. It was, it was a hard summer. And I was like, you know what? I never want to intern ever again. Like we're getting paid basically no money to do all of the work, to do everything. I'm like, this is hard. So the next summer, the summer between sophomore and junior year, I decided to take that summer off. I did not audition for anything. I was like, I just need a break. But I, I did have a job. I worked for the the SU television station and radio station. And so I like filmed like the SU TV show. We got to travel a little bit. That was, oh, I, I ushered. I ushered for the performances. So I got to see all the shows for free and hang out with my friends. But I remember feeling really bored and really lonely and like sad. I'm like, why am I not doing shows right now? I don't I don't understand. Like, I'm supposed to be doing shows. Why didn't I audition? Like, why am I just like, I remember like laying around on the couch, watching the travel channel and be like, why am I here working at a TV studio and ushering for shows? So I was like, okay, we got to get back in the game. So now we are going into junior year. I think junior year was probably my favorite year of college. It was the most fun. And that was the year that I got cast in the Jungle Book. So again, still not cast in, <laughs> still have not performed in a main stage musical yet, but still have been called back for pretty much all of them, but then don't get cast. Um, I got cast in the TYA, which was a production of The Jungle Book, and I was called back for Baloo the Bear. I've told this story before on this podcast in, in some episode, but I was the only female that was called back for that role. It was me and a bunch of other guys uh, who all look, everyone looked different and they ended up giving it to me. And I'm like, oh, like I was so honored. It was my first time playing a lead role, like in an official Shenandoah production. Loved it. Had a blast. Decided to, okay, all right, we're going to audition for SSMT again. This time I was promoted from intern to ensemble member. So 
I actually got a day off every single week. Um, we did a whole bunch of shows that summer. Super, super fun. And how it, we used to do four shows. I think they only do three now. Um, but you were always, so you would be rehearsing one show and then you'd be performing a different show at night. So now here we are um, in senior year. And I thought, okay, um, I've been going to this college for three years now and I still have yet to be cast in a main stage musical, but I'm a BFA musical theater major. Like, what's going on here? Am I just not good enough? Is this, like, not what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Um, but we were doing Sunday in the Park with George. And I'm like, I love this show so much. It's one of my favorites. Like, I'm going to work so hard. And I, like, really, really, really want to be in this show. So I worked really hard on my audition. I got called back. I got called back um, for a couple different roles. I worked so hard on my callback. And I got cast, finally. And so I was Mrs. And then I was also the dot understudy. We had an, we had an understudy rehearsal. And I was completely off book. Like, I studied that script. I looked at it every single day. And it's a huge role. And for the understudy rehearsal, I knew the whole thing was complete. I was like, you know what? This means so much to me. Finally, finally, I got cast in a main stage musical where I had, I had watched other people in my class get cast all the time. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? There must be something wrong with me. Guess what? There was nothing wrong with me. Nothing at all. But I got cast. And it's still to this day one of my favorite shows that I have ever performed in. It was such a great experience. And then in the spring of that year, I they kind of did like an outside production of I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. I got cast in that uh, as Woman 2, you know, four-person show. So like had a really big part in that. I also was in a ton of directing projects like throughout the year, which is sort of like smaller scenes that people had directed I directed a project oh my I totally forgot my junior year uh I was in I played the mother in a new brain that was a fantastic experience all the while I'm still teaching my tab classes on the weekends and I'm babysitting you know whoever needs a babysitter here and there and we're going up to New York every once in a while and sometimes I cater and I, I still work I do work work for the university you know just like doing eight million things so um, senior year, I remember being hard because I had a lot of anxiety and I was like, OK, I'm getting ready to graduate. So now what do I do? <laughs> Where do I go? What's the next right step? Do I do I move to New York? Because like that's what you're I, I put this in quotations. That's what you're supposed to do as a musical theater major. Like also like you do not have to do that at all by any means because there are fantastic artist communities all over the world. Do I go do I go to grad school? Like do I do that? Do I do I move back home for a while and like try to figure like what's what is the next right step? I honestly have no idea. And I auditioned for SSMT again. And in the spring of my senior year, that's kind of like when I really got my book together, like solidified, like with music and monologues. And it was kind of like, I don't know, a half-assed version of that before, but I was going to UPTA for the first time. So I auditioned for the Unified Professional Theater Auditions for the first time in February of 2009. Great experience. Um, that was really my first time being like, 
oh, the theater world is is so big. There's so many theaters out, you know, regional theaters and tours, children's theater, theme parks. There's so there's so many opportunities that I just feel like my eyes were really open because they were all there. Like they were all there at that conference. Um, you know, came back to school, auditioned for SSMT, got offered another ensemble contract, decided to take that because like I wanted to do one more summer of SSMT, kind of like to say goodbye. You know what I mean? That was kind of like the saying goodbye to college. Okay, like I've graduated. Um, I'm getting ready to kind of like be a real adult now. I did end up moving to New-, to New York City after that summer. So I was 22. And from that UPTA, I got my first professional contract um, that was kind of, you know, I mean, like out in the world. Uh, they in May. So I auditioned in February and then I didn't hear anything until May, but I got a phone call and I got offered my, the national tour of A Christmas Carol through Nebraska Theater Caravan. Um, so, yeah, and I was just like over the moon. That was my first tour. Um, what I could do a whole other podcast episode just on that. Um You know, and I think, like, if you are in college right now and, like, I don't know, maybe you're not getting cast in things or maybe you're doubting yourself or I really encourage you to start creating your own opportunities, whatever that is, whether it's writing a play or starting your own podcast or um, choreographing dances or even doing your own, like, student production of whatever show you want to do. Like, I just think... If people, if, if you're not getting the opportunities that you want, like from your your university or your teachers or your programming, then start creating them yourself. Like you can do that, you know, in your spare time. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other people who are going to encourage that and who are going to help you with that. Um, I did have a favorite teacher throughout all of college and it was my voice teacher Um, her name is Dr. Og I just think she's incredible she um you know as a woman like she was in her 70s she loved teaching and as a woman who grew up in the 40s and 50s I feel like it was kind of like shunned to go to school and go to like get your master's degree get your graduate get your doctorate degree she and she just did that because she wanted to like how badass is that she's traveled all over the world singing opera she's a fantastic teacher and singer um, she was really inspiring to me really motivating and most of the time I would go in there and be like Dr. Og I am struggling and she'd be like oh that's okay honey let's just sit down and talk about it okay (laughs) and we did it was like part therapy part voice lesson she'd be like oh I know all the classical singing to work on your head voice and your soprano but you can bring me any musical theater song that you want and we will work on it that's how she talked she talked like Miss Piggy and so I would bring her all of these songs from musicals and we would just work on them and then we would also work on classical stuff as well to strengthen my head voice and kind of like your mix to kind of go um she really strengthened my voice a lot they named the vocal pedagogy school after her I, i'm pretty sure it's still there the dr og school for vocal pedagogy she's just like amazing and she was such an inspiration a mentor and a friend and she always really really believed in me and she told me this one t- this one time we were in the middle of like warming up for voice class voice lessons And she just kind of stopped and she looked at me and she said, 
Sarah, you're so funny. And that's really going to help you in life. I will never forget that. And she's right. She's like, you, are, you have such a good sense of humor. And you're so funny. And your sense of humor is what is going to save you so many times over and over and over again. And that has stuck with me for the last 15 years. Um, I've, I think I have a couple more things to, you know, to say, because I don't want this episode to be like 8 million years long talking about college. Because again, my college experience was 8 million years ago. It was 2005 through 2009. But I think my biggest regret is that I, I didn't believe in myself. I, I really didn't have great self-esteem and I really didn't believe in myself and my talents as a performer. And, and this is sort of where it started for me, a very long line of people in the theater community believing in me more than I believed in myself. And that is what has kept me going. That has what it's been other people being like, come on, Sarah, you can do this, or you're so talented, or you got this, you should submit for this, you should audition for this, you'd be perfect for this role or this show. Even when I didn't fully believe it myself, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, I'm not good enough, I, they're not gonna, I don't look right, they're not gonna consider me for that, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Again, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Excuses. And um, I think that's really why one of my biggest things in life is, is I love helping the future generations of artists to grow and thrive and believe in themselves. Believe in yourself. And um, college, like, it's just a bubble. <laughs> you're, you're living in, in a bubble for however long, two, three, four years. And these are just only the, like, your college professors are not God. They're not God's gift to theater or voice or dance or whatever. It, they're just, it's just one person's opinion or a couple people's opinions. So whatever they say about you, good or bad, again, somebody else out in the theater world is going to think something different about you and that's okay. I wish I wouldn't have taken so, like, to heart, like, oh, I, I got a, I didn't get a, a great grade in that class or oh this this professor hates me or this professor doesn't think I'm talented or this other professor thinks that I'm great like again it's just one person's opinion of you that it's it is not an absolute fact and while yes they are very talented and very knowledgeable um but they're not god's gift to the arts <laughs> so I woke up on the morning of my college graduation and I realized that like it took me those four years of not feeling good enough and oh I didn't get cast like so much self-doubt and questioning I didn't get cast in this and should I even be doing this with my life and I don't know and you know all of that and then I just woke up early on the morning of my college graduation I thought oh None of this matters anymore. Everything that happened in the last four years, who cares? It's over. Like, I graduate today. Like, it's over and done with. 
And now I move out into the real world where there are so many other opportunities to create and to thrive as an artist. So who cares if I didn't get cast in that show? Who cares if that professor didn't like me? Who care? Who cares if I didn't get cast in a main stage musical until my senior year? Look at all of the things that I did. Look at all of the things that I created, all of the opportunities, all of the shows that I was a part of. So again, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, the last thing I'll say is that I just think anyone who decides to pursue a degree in an artistic field, you are very, very brave. Even if you don't graduate, even if you switch your major halfway through and you realize this isn't right for me, doesn't matter. I still think that you are so brave and I'm so proud of you and I, and I believe in you. You know, whoever you are out there listening right now, I believe in your talents. I believe in your passion. I believe in your, that you, you really want to do this. Like if you go to school for what you really, really, really love in your heart and your soul, even if you know you're not, you're probably not going to make a lot of money from it. Even if you know it's probably going to be really unpredictable and unstable at times and you're going to have no freaking clue what's next. I am, you are, you are so brave and I'm so proud of you. And I believe in you. And don't forget to continue to create and to continue to believe in yourself because the world needs more artists and more people who come alive with passion through their art and want to go out there and truly genuinely change the world through the art of storytelling. So, yeah. You know, um, doesn't matter when you went to college or even if you went to college at all or if you've graduated 50 years ago or, or maybe you're in college right now or, and you're just starting your college journey. Um, just know that old Grandma Philobom over here believes in you. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see where your artistic journey takes you. Sending you so much confidence and love today. Mwah.